ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Show. My name is Janice Porter, and my guest today is Robert Plank, coming to us from sunny California. Welcome to the show, Robert. Excited to be here. Thank you. I had the privilege of being interviewed by Robert on his podcast, Marketer of the Day, uh, just recently. And he's an amazing interviewer who comes right off the cuff and just goes into a conversation, which is amazing because I try to do that myself, but sometimes I get tongue-tied. And um, doing some of the uh, prelim work isn't always necessary. It's just let's have a conversation because we both know how to communicate. Yes? Yes, I, I agree completely. Why waste time on it? <laughs> and uh, and sometimes the randomness is interesting, right? Sometimes the direction that the conversation takes is unlike anything uh, else. So if you plan too much, you ruin it. That's right. I totally agree. Um, I will though say that I think, and I wanted I want to know from you about this. I know that your background is computer programming. Yes. Yes. Okay. So does that color? the way you think in other things, if that makes sense it, to you. Cause I think it does. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I just noticed that. So for example, you have a book and it's called WWHW. Yes. What, how to, what if, correct? Is that it? And why, what, how to, what if? Oh, sorry. I forgot the why, why, what, how to, what if. Okay. And, um, and that book talks about all the things that you do right and how to get uh, how other people can do it in a quick way perhaps yes do you want to tell me a little bit about the book yeah so the, the book is it, the book is basically that any kind of content that you're looking to create whether you're talking about podcast interview like this youtube video blog post or even a book itself you can drive yourself crazy with all the possibilities right like wh where do i start where do i end and I, I basically figured out that there's a universal formula everywhere. Any kind of content that, that works goes through these steps. It's why, what, how to, what if. And you might have heard of some of these cliches, like start with a question or start with a problem. Or you might have heard maybe kind of helpful advice, like tell somebody where you're going to tell them and then tell them that thing and then, and then recap it. And that's just like a little a piece of, of the puzzle, uh, but to make it super easy and super simple and to even like get yourself excited about teaching something or making a YouTube tutorial or conversation, you start with the, the why. You say, why are you here? What problem led you to find me? And then you jump into what, and you say, I'm about to solve your problem. I'm about to explain how to spruce up your LinkedIn profile. But before jumping into the steps, I need to tell you what the terms are, right? What are the, the concepts, the principles? That's the what aspect of it. Then you get into how to, where you're saying, here are some steps and you do this and you click on this on your page and you do these other things. And then now that you've uh, explained this step-by-step -step process to the person, then you end with what if 
or the possibilities or the next steps or what does this lead to? And if you start, and it might take a, a, a few weeks to get some, some someone's like watching, listening, it might take a few weeks for this to really absorb. But the next time that you're looking to create some kind of piece of content, if you, if you try to go through this uh, order, why are you here? What uh, do you need to know before I solve your problem? How do you solve this problem? Now, what is possible now that the problem is solved? It, it makes a lot more sense. And it makes it where uh, anything that you want to explain or content you want to put out, it, you get it out quickly as far as like the time and the work involved for you. But then what you create ends up being just the right length piece of content. So that it's like a really cool formula. Why, what, how to, what if. That's a great uh, explanation. I took a little preview. I haven't had time to get your book yet, but I, I, it fascinates me to look at it this way in that you're very um, uh, orderly and left brain in what you are doing. Does that, at least that's the way I see it, which works for me because that's why I like LinkedIn in the first place, because it's quite linear and it's easy to teach. Whereas when you're dealing a lot with content and um and like on instagram you have lifestyle and on facebook you have just social 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 right um i'm not very good at that and so i have a hard time with that when it's more specifically laid out for me in its business like and it's more to the point i can handle it it's more left brain and that's how i sort of took what you were were doing although I saw this great um, fun question that you asked in your preview about, you know, which um, shape are you? Are you a square, a triangle, a circle, or a squiggle? And that was another way to define people's personality types or how people learn more specifically. Yes, how people learn. Yes, and, and I think that uh, everyone is is one of these four. I would say that I, I'm more of a how-to person. Yes. I think maybe you are also, yes. Yes. but. Uh, but I think that's a really important reminder is that not everyone thinks the same way that you do. And some people, they don't even want the solution. They just want <laughs> to know that, that you understand what their problem is, or they don't even want it. They don't even care about the solution. They just want to know, well, once I figure it out, what's the, the what if possibilities. And so that, that's why this formula is so cool, because not only does it go in like a step-by-step logical order for you to say, you know, here's the problem, here's how, here's the tools to solve it, here's how we solve it, here are the possibilities, but also by going through the sequence, you touch on these different personality types or, or brain types or, or whatever, I don't even yeah, fully understand styles. that, but yeah, yeah they're, they're learning styles, and some people, if you just focus on one or you focus on the way that you learn, you're really missing out on this whole population of other people that will be excited because you you traveled through their zone as you were explaining this. So you, you hit on all the types. Right. The other thing is when you said, um, uh, when we talk about the three different types of learners, right? The, the kinesthetic, the auditory, and the visual. And most people are a combination of two of them usually. Um, however, you need to say things in a different way or show things in a different way and then recap what you're doing because you want to cover all those different types as well. So that makes me think I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here. It makes me wonder, what were you like as a kid in school? Were you as a kid in school, I, I kind of, I, I talked and I thought too fast which is, it can't, 
it's not a good thing, right? Because you end up stuttering, stammering, tripping over your own words, not making a lot of sense to people. So I was pretty much like a like a B plus sort of student. I wasn't I wasn't super like didn't get all straight A's. I felt like I was maybe an above average kid, but I also know that I stressed out too much about getting a, a perfect score and doing so well on this or that assignment. And and that perfectionism, everyone thinks that, oh, I know I need to not be a perfectionist. I know I need to let go on the perfectionism, but just the past maybe three or four years is when I've really let go of their perfectionism. And like when we're on this podcast interview right now, I know that it does not have to be a perfect conversation. I don't have to have a joke every two seconds. And so that's, that's helped uh, me out a lot. And uh, so to answer your question, I used to be a, a perfectionist and failed at it. And now I kind of take it a little more easy. <laughs> that's great. Um, however, that probably I was a school teacher in my first life. And I think it probably has a lot to do with the way the school system in general works. It's always behind the norm. It's always behind the, the way things are today. And, and we, for so many years, only taught in one way, really, kids sitting in a desk and, you know, you up at the front of the room teaching. And it wasn't for everybody. And, you know, I, I see that more now. I'm a grandmother now. And my granddaughter, who's two and a half, she can't sit still for two seconds. She is so hyper in you know, wanting to learn different things and going from one thing to the other, she's never going to have, um, be able to sit still for an hour in a classroom. I swear at this point, that's what we think anyway, but you know, you have to feed the different learning styles and you're a parent of a young child. So you're going to see this too, right. As you're one, right. You have just one. I have just one. He's almost two years old and yes. he gets in everything. He opens any door, yeah. he climbs the walls. And my mom says, you weren't like this as a kid. She said like this, the other generation, like they were kind of, you know, peaceful and, and quiet, but they, these new kids now, they get into every little thing that they can. It's true. But I still sometimes think, cause my daughter wasn't like that either. And I think these children are there to teach you a lesson, right? They're there to teach you something that you missed when you were a kid. So it's kind of interesting. So that actually brings me to a question that I don't usually ask until towards the end of my uh, podcast interviews, but it's a perfect time for it here. And that is my favorite word is curiosity. And um, having talking about two-year-olds they're very curious right usually yes and in this case with my granddaughter and your son that's the case so um my question is two part first part is do you think curiosity is innate or learned and second part is what are you most curious about today i think that curiosity i i mean I think it's both, right? I think that you, you can choose to cultivate it, I think, or you can choose to squander it. And uh, when, when you mentioned curiosity, for some reason, some, some random memory comes to mind where maybe in, even like 10 or 15 years ago, I had, I had a crush on, on this girl, I was in college and she was making, she had to do some kind of like a, a report or something about um, like some piece of technology. And, I, and she didn't want to do it, but I was kind of curious for her. And I was like, you know, and I randomly thought of like, man, you know, like the, the drive, a fast food drive through, imagine all the pieces that, that had to evolve for that to happen with like the, the computer screens and like the, the intercom speaker and like the, and the sign and the order taking. And I got excited 
for her. So there was like, it was like a, what's up with Tom Sawyer where he's like, he's like painting the fence yeah. and then he has some neighbor kid and he like convinces the kid to enjoy painting the fence, even yeah. though it's the same activity, but he didn't enjoy do it. So I think that curiosity is something that you can choose to tap into. And the, the thing that's been really uh, kind of in my mind about curiosity lately is that your own, like, your own your own room you don't want to clean it right like like my, my room's messy but then someone else if you can look at someone else's problems maybe you can get a like get a client or solve someone else's problem in your book or your training it's more fun and you're more curious about what their problems are and what they need help solving with because what you have going on in, in your own world you see it all day every day you're you're almost kind of tired about it so that's what comes to mind as far as uh, as far as curiosity, I think that you can grow it, you can build it, as long as you maybe pay attention to what excites you, and then try to repeat that, knowing that like, it's, it's never perfect. And you can't wait until you're motivated in order to in order to use that curiosity in order to get to where I uh, needed to go. So that's the that's my answer to the first part of your question. And what was the second part? Cause like I got all off track. That's okay. I think you may have answered it, which is what are you curious about today? Like what, what, and it, it sounds as though you get curious about things when you get excited about something, which makes sense, of course. Right. And you got excited when you talked about the example in college um, of helping your uh, fellow student, but also today, like what, what do you get um, curious about is it about the people you're working with and how you can help them then? It, it, it is. And, and I, these days I am curious about, about like growing my business and about doing maybe more of the adult activities and thinking back to some of the, the things that I'd done on accident that worked that I then forgot about that I can maybe bring back and reuse in more of a modern day because you know you're all about relationships it's the relationships rule podcast and uh, and you you know you like to do your, your quick videos and quick LinkedIn outreach and for some reason uh, I was on a walk like 20 minutes ago and I was thinking about when I used to launch a product with a launch like a thousand dollar course and I'd spend like 30 days hyping it up launching it I'd send the emails I do the webinar I do the paid traffic I do what little social media there was back then and it would just sort of do okay but then what would really uh, get me 30 40 50 sales of this thousand dollar class was on doing more of like the one-on-one -on -one, uh, kind of relationships. And so I, I kind of do, and this was before the, the days of like CRMs. Mm -hmm. So I would uh, make all these printouts and I would uh, send all these emails and I would look on when I did a webinar, look at the chat box and I would say, okay, well, here's this attendee, Janice Porter. And she asked this question and she said this to me in an email a year ago. And I would just like print out all these papers of all these people. And I would like knock out these two or three minute uh, personal videos on remember back in the day of the flip camera when it, it you didn't even have internet on it you just stored on like a usb yeah. stick and, and that's one of those and it's like the technology's changed but the technique is is the same and so and it even relates a little bit to some of the conversations you and i have off camera of like how do you have a, a how do you um kind of have scale but also work the the personal aspect uh into it and it's kind of interesting and fun with social media and LinkedIn because if you can have a system or you can manage your time right you can say well this week I'm going to personally talk to 300 people 
And then maybe 300 lead to like 10 conversations and leads to three sales or something. So like some of those things kind of get me excited just thinking about, oh man, back in the day of the, the flip camera, but now we have like the phone and the social media and it should, it should work even better, right? It should be 10 times as easy to do it now because now I don't have to wait for the video file to transfer off the flip camera. It's just instant. So there's like, there's always those little things like that, right? Things that worked 10, 15 years ago that people did all the time then and then stopped doing. And now it's time to bring some of these things back. You just gave me a good idea, actually, because that video messaging thing that you and I shared um, one time when we were talking uh, on LinkedIn, that is a, a very underutilized um, piece. You could create that video message because you're doing things in a bigger scale than I tend to do. I don't think the same way you do in that respect, because you're like, pumping these out, like you get a, you know, a hundred connections a week that you can reach out to. What if your connection, I don't know if you can do it with your connection request. I think it has to be the next message after you're connected. So you make it generic enough. So it's not dear bill, but it's, Hey, so glad we connected, blah, blah, blah. And then that's up there in your messaging and you just keep putting different names in there of people that you've connected. So then it be, that's an easy way to to individualize, send those to different people, but use the same message within the personalized messaging um, option of LinkedIn. That might work better than just, you know, cause it's going to get more attention, right? Than just the message, thank you message or whatever. Anyway, so many things, but you are big on systems. And so you, I think that comes from your computer programming background, but it, do you find that when you're talking to, a prospect or a client, probably more a client that you've already said, okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to help you with this. Do you see the systems quite quickly that you need for them to do? Yeah. I mean, so, sometimes, I mean, I think that I'm, I look at how do I solve this problem? And with a computer programming sort of mindset, you say, usually you start at point A, which is you don't have anything, any software created and point B where you want to create the software or the app or the website and you, you want to solve all these problems. And most people don't know how to get from A to B. And so sort of the, the computer engineering software uh, brain says, well, point B is way too far away, but can I maybe get uh, a fourth of the way there? Or are there logical milestones or stepping stones? And I can say, well, now I've got this piece working and maybe I can maybe this piece isn't perfect, but I can show that it works on like a smaller scale. So whenever someone comes to me and says like, I have this huge, huge big problem or I need all those things figured out, I start to think, well, what are the smaller pieces? And then what's kind of the order of importance? What should come before what? And then what is maybe the proof of concept? So if someone says, well, I need, you know, 200 uh, graphics for my LinkedIn content, I think, well, how can we make like two or how can we make like eight graphics for LinkedIn? And then once we have made those and we've proven that that's worked and we get, figure out our, our templates and what tool to use, then we can replicate from there. So I'm just, I'm all about the, the milestone stepping stones. Okay. And um, maybe think of some, okay. So you, you do a podcast, I think what every day, every other day, something like that. Not every, it used to be, uh, oh. but it's, it's pretty often. I think, 
I think you're like episode like 862 when you were on my show. So it, it's a lot and kind of similar mentality that we're, we're talking about here. You need to have a lot of a lot of activity just to get like the tiniest of results. So why not do the most activity possible if you're going to have a podcast? Why him and Han pontificate and say, you know, maybe this year I'll put out five episodes. No, do as many as you possibly can. So what do you think makes a podcast stand out from the crowd? Um, just like have, having your own unique conversations because there, there's no one like you and then there's no one like your guests. So when you combine that, it's something that is truly unique and you can, it, it can be your 900th episode, but because you have this new guest, it's unique. And the guests that you have could have been on, on all kinds of other shows and talked about the same subject, but they didn't have quite that same conversation that they had with you. And I think that, uh, and, and you've seen this where people get so stressed out about their branding, the name for their podcast, the look, the format, but I don't think any of that matters as far as just being your own genuine, unique person, having your personality there, and then having conversations. There's the unique, that's all the uniqueness you need. Well, it certainly helps um, uh, self-select people to self-select, right? Because they either like you, they like your style, they like your personality, they like your guests that you have on, or they don't, right? It's got, it, it kind of is one of those things that helps people to um, decide if they're going to work with you as well, right? In one way or another. So yeah. And, and you know what, because you, you hear that things are so crowded these days, right? Yes. This, this is, this is the Tinder generation. And, and back in our day, we would go to Blockbuster and there would be only a few videos. And if they didn't have that exact video, then you were stuck on a Friday night. But nowadays it's the age of Netflix, of streaming. So people can choose exactly what they want. And that applies for them choosing you as a, a business to buy from. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I interviewed a, a gentleman not long ago who he calls himself um, a contrarian, which I, I kind of love because in a way I'm a little bit of that in some of the things that I've experienced along the way. But he talks about internet marketing because um, I see you, you list as one of the things that you do as an internet marketing strategist. Okay. And um, most of us are trying to figure out how to use the internet for our marketing properly, right? Um, it's always a struggle for people like me who, who want to build relationships. All right. But what he, what this gentleman claims, and I actually believe in what he's saying is that even the internet companies use boots on the street, use live people to have conversations with people to get business. They don't necessarily use the internet only. What do you say to that? I would say, who cares how it gets done? I, I mean, what, <laughs> okay. whatever, whatever an yeah. avenue it takes. And so you're, you're reminding me of, I, uh, I, a few months ago, uh, I broke up with my business partner of 12 years and it was one of these, like, we worked good together, but over, over many years, it kind of just got worse and worse. And one of the, one of the things I really didn't like about having conversations with him is there was the focus on like, what tool will we use to do the job? And we want to make a website and I'll say like, let's use WordPress and this theme and this plugin. And he would be just like against using WordPress. And I would think, well, who, like if someone's going to our website or someone's going to buy from us, what do they care what software runs it? And so, so like, yeah, you use whatever 
we use whatever tool works for you. If you have to send an email, send a LinkedIn message, do a phone call, run some paid ads, whatever gets the job done. It doesn't matter that much what, what vehicle you use. If you use the internet or not the internet, as long as it gets the job done, you do you. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good to know. You do you. I like that. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so um, do you believe in passive income? I, I do, but I, I believe in it needs to be built up because the, the dream of passive income is you set something up, click a button, and then, and then take a break. And I think that the, the longer that you take a break from it, the, the more it will slowly deteriorate over time. So I think that passive income, you, you put the work in first and then you build up the traffic or you build up the employees or you, you build up the, the list and you put in the work ahead of time and then it can kind of run on its own. But I don't think, I don't think there's such a thing as a hundred percent passive income. I think it can be partly passive, but there's the the buildup phase and there's a kind of keeping it going, steering the ship phase. The maintenance, yeah, and that actually, not maintenance. I call it in my business, my passive income part of my business. It's not really passive income; it's just residual income. Really, is is nurturing those relationships. That's the way I see it. And uh, if you keep them, you know, top of mind, if they keep you top of mind because you're keeping them in the loop, then they're more likely to um, stay at the level that they're at, whether, and in that case, it's network marketing uh, model, but it might be something different as well. So does and, and, you know, and it, and it depends on what you call work, right? Like, like what, what is fun for you and chit chatting. I mean, some people have full-time jobs like that. And, uh, and it reminds me of the Tim Ferriss for our work week. Years ago, I found some Tim Ferriss hater. And there was some lady who was blogging and she hated everything about him. She hated for our work week. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out why. And the reason was because apparently the for our work week guy spends a hundred hours per week networking. So her, her <laughs> view was that... Yeah, was that, that him networking and him going to events and talking to this and that person and having the conversation, that was work to her. But for him, he's just being himself and building these relationships. And so, but, but I think that having their relationships is, I agree with you that it's a really important thing to do. And that's why I like me being on your podcast here, it's, it's not a thing that I do like all day, every day. And it's a thing I have to always like push myself to be like, oh yeah, it's been a while since I've been on a podcast. I can have people come on my show all the time, but I know that I need to be getting myself out there more. And it's really important to get yourself out there as much as you can. So would you call yourself an introvert then? I would. And I think I, I said that to you a couple of weeks ago and you were like, oh no, no, you're not. But I, I feel like I am. Yeah, I get it more now though that I see I see it more now. So I, I get it. You can be an you can be an outgoing introvert as well, right? Right. So, Extroverted introvert, right? Yeah. <laughs> I get it. And and then again, they're just labels, so we don't need to, to worry about labels. Um you talk about um your book. In your book, you talk about the fast way to write a book, correct? Yes. And it's using your model of the WWHW. Yes. Yes. The, the, the very short answer is that every chapter goes through that sequence. So you oh. have, if you, if you say, here's my, here's my book on, on LinkedIn and chapter three is about using the messaging system properly. Then, in, then if you just said, well, I will, I'll write a book about LinkedIn messaging. You have no idea 
where to start, where to end. But if you think in your head, why is the mm. messaging system and LinkedIn important? What terms and aspects do I need to know about LinkedIn messaging, like the connects or the introductory message? And then how do I do it? What's the step-by-step -step sequence of sending the messaging? And then what if now that I've done the messaging, then what does that then lead to? Maybe it leads to the video or the live aspect. Uh, so it, it works in that too, but it, it. Yeah. It, it pulls you through the chapter where otherwise, if you said, oh, I need to knock out 20 pages and you never get it done, or it's too short or too long. And so you go through that sequence. And basically the way that I teach and the way that I do my books is I say, uh, uh, you kind of picture and you think of the person that you want to help, right? Instead of just saying, I'll write a book on LinkedIn, who out there from your travels, from your email list, your customers, who's really stuck on LinkedIn? Who needs your help with LinkedIn? And that's the, you get your brain figure, thinking about, okay, that person. Mm -hmm. And then you think to yourself, what are the, what are 10 questions that this exact person would ask me to solve their LinkedIn problem? And you can kind of have fun with that and maybe rearrange them. And then I say, reduce the 10 questions that they asked you into seven questions, because you listed 10 questions just because you had to, and some were okay and some were not so okay. And so by, by reducing the 10 into seven, then you say, well, maybe I'll throw away question number eight. Maybe I'll combine questions number two and three. And then what you end up with are seven really good questions about LinkedIn that if those seven questions were answered, then that dude, Phil, or that person, Jim, who was stuck with LinkedIn, now they're, they're very much helped out by you. And so each of those questions that you ask ends up being one of the seven chapters of your book. And then you break down each of those questions, since it's your chapter, into WWHW. So Sounds so easy. I love it. It, it does. It's, it, it's easy if, if you let it be easy. And then, you know, how some people like to write or some people like to speak. Mm -hmm. And so it gets even, even easier if you let it, because if, if you're the kind of person that likes, that can't write, but you can talk, then what if you said, I will, I will speak out each of my chapters for eight minutes, right? So eight minutes ends up being about 900 words. Once you edit it down, maybe it's like 700, 800 words. And you end up, you ended up with like, maybe like a 5,000 or so word book. So like kind of decent not super long, but just the right size as it has to be. And if you even drill it down even further and say, uh, I'll answer each of those sub questions in two minutes, right? Because if you said chapter three is the, is, is uh, how do I make LinkedIn messaging work for me, right? That's the whole chapter. And then we said, it's, there's the why within that. And there's the what within that and the how to within that and the what if within that. What if you spent two minutes saying, here's why, LinkedIn messaging is important. You spend two minutes saying, here's what you do with LinkedIn messaging and so on. Then if you can just look at a, a sub question and answer it for two minutes and just do that, you answer four questions that gives you your eight minute chapter. Then you do that for seven different chapters. Now you have a 8,000 or so word book. It took you 56 minutes to speak out. So you have a plan, you have a system, and you can solve some of these problems, such as writing a book that you previously thought were not solvable. Sounds brilliant, actually. Yes, it's very well laid out the way you did it. Now, do you teach a course like a masterclass or a course, or do you teach that to people in a group setting, or do you work one-on-one -on -one with people, or what do you do? 
I have a course called bookformula.com. Okay. And it teaches how to do this. And, uh, and this is not only is this the, the age uh, of Tinder and podcasting, but it's also the age of print on demand. And mm-hmm. what's, what's really fun about the internet is uh, there is a, a free graphics tool called Canva that I, I show on this course where you can make, just choose a template and whip out a really quick cover. And then there's a, a print on demand service called Lulu that I explain in my course. And in a few clicks, in about five minutes, you can create a cover for yourself that has blank pages inside. And I include all the templates and all that kind of stuff in my course. But in a few minutes, you can say, you know, even though I'm still working on a book and it might not be 100% done soon, you can literally in a week from now hold in your hands your book with your cover and your picture and your title. And it might have blank pages for now, uh, but this is the day and age where you can just click some things. And now, I mean, you're that much closer to having your, your book done. You already know how to print it. You already have a title. You already have a cover. All you need left is the, uh, the text inside. And so my book formula course uh, kind of shows all that stuff. We, we go from uh, having you create kind of the mock-up with the cover that you can hold in your hands. We go through what we're talking about, like the fleshing out the outline of your book, speaking it out, dictating it, getting it transcribed, cleaning it up. And we go as far as marketing your book, getting an audiobook version created, and just all the all the, the crazy things that can be done as long as you know where to go, what to click, what to do. And is that an online course that you've created or do you go live with that course? Do you teach people live? It's online. Awesome. You, okay. you go and watch the videos, proceed at your own pace. Love it. Amazing. So that was really valuable information. Thank you for that, Robert. I think it's time for us to wrap up. So I want to ask you one more question. And I think the question I want to ask you is, well, it's kind of two parts. What holds people back the most these days? And that kind of fits into what's your best advice for my audience of entrepreneurs and sales professionals and business owners? Well, my advice is going to be really cliche and simple, but nothing wrong with that. The thing that holds uh, you, you back, you personally watching or listening to the podcast, what holds you back is perfectionism. And the perfectionism comes from comparing yourself to other people. And I mean, we, we can't help it. You can't help but seeing that person that you went to high school with and they, they, they suddenly have $10 million and what the heck are you doing with your life? But you don't know their, about their deep, dark secrets, right? If someone else seems to have a really nice life on Facebook, on Instagram. We all know that they took 80 photos just to have that one perfect photo with their family. And that's the thing that it might take a while to kind of let go of some of that negativity, but you see how how everyone else is so far ahead of you. Everyone else is doing so much better. And there's that tendency to want to be a perfectionist, which then means that you will procrastinate about doing even the simplest of things, right? You won't do your podcast because you're, your table's messy or you don't have the lighting uh, figured out just right. And the, the solution, the key is to just do it, is to just start, uh, have the fear and do it anyway. Uh, and, and the people that are gonna have a, a negative opinion on, of you, they don't, they don't even matter, right? They're not your, your fans, they're not your, your clients, they're not your customers. And so the thing that holds uh, you back is perfectionism. And the solution is just to go ahead and do it anyway, knowing that you will improve over time, just as a result of 
taking this action, having this activity, and then slowly over time, you, you build up whatever your system is or whatever your template is. If you think about when you first learned to tie your shoes, drive a car, whatever it is, it was awkward at first. But then the next thing you know, you're getting in a car and you're moving all the levers and you're turning on your blinkers and you're not even thinking about it. And that's the kind of thing that will happen over time. So don't think about it. Just do it. Power through the perfectionism problem. Awesome advice. Thank you so much. And thanks for being here today. Um, if you like what you heard, please reach out to Robert. I will put his info in the um, chat, but he has several websites. The best one, first of all, his podcast is marketeroftheday.com. And would you like people to go to robertplank.com? Those are both one and the same. Marketeroftheday.com oh, okay. goes to Robert oh, Plank. That's my... And then you yeah, have that's my main site. That's the podcast. Uh, the book is www.hwbook.com. And then my kind of current fun project is called dfypodcast.com. And it relates to all of my other thinking is that I want to make it, it simple. So if you have been held back by all the nooks and crannies of making a podcast, my team can make your podcast super easy. You just show up, give us the recordings. We'll get it alive on iTunes. We'll publish it to all the social sites. DFYpodcast.com is my done-for-you podcasting service. Perfect. Thank you so much. You've got lots going on, and um, it's all really interesting um, to me, and I hope it is to my audience as well. So if you like what you heard, please check it out, and please leave a review. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.